Hey everyone, so before we start the show, a very big announcement. This week's episode is all about Thailand, being a blogger in Thailand, being a digital nomad in Thailand. And as you guys may have heard in the previous episode, episode 49, we're supposed to be heading to Chiang Mai after Bangkok. That was our plan, but we got a more exciting offer since recording that. Now, instead, we are heading to the beach. Yes, we are going to Koh Samui and Koh Phangan, which are the islands in the Gulf of Thailand, south of Bangkok but we're not just going there for the sun and the sand although we are going to very much appreciate that the reason we changed our plans is because we've been invited to speak at the Koh Phangan Travel Bloggers Retreat which is running from the 5th until the 11th of October you can check that out at travelbloggerretreat.com loads of info on there also I'll put a link in the show notes travelfreedompodcast.com slash 050 talk about excited yeah we are pretty excited Megzi is actually sick in bed being excited today but um, I I am here. Megzi will be joining us for the rest of the episode, but just for this little extra announcement, it's just me for a few minutes. I want to let you guys know exactly what's happened and why we're doing this and, and what it might mean for you guys as well to get involved, because we'd really like you to be involved in this Travel Bloggers Retreat. So our guest today, Dave Brett from traveldave.co.uk, actually invited us to speak shortly after we recorded today's interview with him. As you'll find out in this episode, he's living on Koh Yang at the moment. The really exciting thing thing about this travel bloggers retreat is that Dave has networked with loads of people around that little area on the island where he's living and he's got a whole hotel for seven days he's booked out the entire place and he's getting a whole bunch of guest speakers in and we're gonna be one of those speakers so what is a retreat let's just have a quick chat about that so that you guys understand a little bit more about why this is something that is cool to be involved in these are getting a lot more popular than they used to be I think purely because it's just such a great idea think about this if you go to a big conference and I'm not knocking big conferences because they're also worth going to for sure we still go to conferences but you get to meet a lot of people for a few minutes at a time it's like speed dating right you make contacts you get some FaceTime most of those people forget you you try and follow up with them and they go who's that person oh, I don't know who was drinking sangria uh, was he I don't know who knows you know you try and remember everyone but you don't remember everyone no one remembers everyone you know you make contacts there's always going to be some great people you walk away from the conference going yes they're people I'm going to work with in the future but a lot of the people you meet it's just have a drink and see you later so you get some really useful information you get some bullet points from all the lectures you figure out a few things and go yes this is stuff i'm gonna action and it's cool you know nothing wrong with that travel bloggers retreat is a completely different sort of concept because instead of just a few days of concentrated insanity it's seven days with a limited number of spaces so there's only going to be like a core group of people there and you're really going to be sharing ideas and networking 24 7 with this group of people so it's not just like dating but actually forming relationships business relationships that can really help you in the future you're getting one-on-one -on -one time with other passionate bloggers and hopefully you know we're going to be getting into some masterminding groups as well we're going to be giving each other feedback on ideas so you're going to have like the six of us that are tutoring we're going to be helping out with a lot of things and hopefully we can give people who are a little earlier in the stage of blogging some really strong advice to help them push forward but also you're going to be hanging out with all the other people there it's not just us lecturing everyone although there will be some talks but you are going to get that real 
that real interaction with other bloggers that can help propel you forward. It's depth. It's about getting depth. It's not just about getting quick, wham, bam, thank you, and out of there. So that's the Travel Bloggers Retreat theme. That's what it's all about. But there's even more to it than that. As well as the business, there is going to be some fun. Of course, it's a beachfront hotel. Did I mention that before? It's a beachfront hotel for a week that he's booked out. There's a pool, you're right at the beach. You're getting breakfast included in the room. It's great. Yeah, Dave's worked really hard with some local businesses to try and get some activities involved. At the moment, there's some beach volleyball lessons for free for bloggers. Awesome, yeah, I'm gonna be doing that. And you know, we'll just be hanging out. Everyone will be hanging out. We'll be chilling by the beach, talking monetization strategies. What a better location than the beach to talk monetization strategies. It's better than sitting in an office talking about it, right? And all the daily activities, six nights at the hotel, seven days, we'll be talking about podcasting, but we'll also be able to talk about all the other stuff that we have knowledge in outside of our lecture. You can just come and have a chat with us. That would be the idea. The crazy thing is, really, and one of the best things Dave's managed to achieve here is like the normal price of staying at this beachfront hotel is $400 for a double room for a week. And Dave's actually offering the full course with all the networking, lectures, breakfast, activities, all included for the same price as the room. So you're essentially getting this really nice beachfront property with all this stuff, all of the actual business side thrown in for free, essentially. Uh, that's a pretty damn good deal. And I say that is $400 for the room not $400 per person. So if you can grab another blogger or you're a couple like we are, then you can pay the 400 bucks. But even better than that, I did have a quick word with Dave and said, look, if we wanna get people in on this right from the get-go, let's throw in a 10% discount, early bird discount. So he is doing that for one week starting today. It is $360 per room. So if you've got two people, that's like $180 each beachfront accommodation, sun and business for a week. And I really believe you're gonna learn more about travel blogging in one week and make more strong relationships than we pretty much did in our first year. Cause you know, we've been at this almost three years now and that, that first year, the first year and a half, we really didn't get that far. It was a slow process. So if you're sort of at a medium intermediate stage or quite early on, this is really the perfect time to come and do one of these retreats. If you're a little bit further up the scale and you're doing sort of what we're doing and actually making a good amount of income and living off the income, this is still gonna be a great way to network with what the ideas that you've got now and share them with other people. So big spectrum of opportunities opportunity for people coming to this and it's just going to be fun and that's the most important bit it is going to be fun and you're going to learn a lot of stuff we booked our flights from bangkok a few days ago to suratani that's like the nearest major airport to kofanyang that's actually really cheap to get to uh, 23 with air asia uh, you can fly direct to Koh Samui. it's a bit more expensive because budget airlines don't fly there. Either way, you then need to get a ferry over to Koh Phangan, which is actually quite a pleasant ride. We've been over to Koh Samui before, Koh Phangan, the ferry, it's sort of the same. It drops off at all the islands. Uh, it's like 10 bucks each way or something like that per person. So really quite affordable. So the link again, if you want to get more information on this and actually go and book it, travelbloggerretreat.com and 10% discount is available just for the next seven days. So until Sunday, the 30th of August, not sure what time zone that's on. So I'd suggest you get in there before Sunday just in case that deal finishes a few hours earlier than you're expecting. Currently that price is sitting in Thai bar at 12,600 Thai bar. That's just a little bit under 360 US dollars. So yeah, grab a friend, 
go as a couple, go and get that at that price. That is pretty killer. Even at full price, it's pretty killer. It is going to be one hell of a week. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Monday, we talk travel and money. Ultimate travel hacking tips and destination advice recorded on location. We also interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Money Mondays, episode 050. In today's episode, we talk to blog and digital nomad Dave Brett about living and working as a digital nomad in Thailand. Dave talks about visa issues. If you're running your business online and you're not, this is the most important bit, you're not taking a job away from a Thai person, then they don't want to know. They're happy to turn a blind eye. Dave also tells us about the benefits of being a part of a digital nomad community. Going to Chiang Mai really showed me that, that the travel bloggers all just want to help each other out. Yeah, after that experience, everyone likes all articles we all read each other's posts we all follow each other's photos going around on local destinations and it's so important to have that network element because you never feel alone after that you know having those communities hello everybody welcome to the show hello happy monday yes it's monday again and this is a money monday with a bit of a twist because this isn't specifically about money but it is about business and about doing your business in thailand we are talking to Travel Dave from TravelDave.co.uk about some of the realities and the awesomeness of heading over to Thailand as a digital nomad, living there and working on your business. Absolutely. So we're going to get into some of the nitty gritty of it, talking about visa runs and what it's like being a digital nomad in Thailand today. Yep, co-working spaces, internet that works, whether you should go to Chiang Mai or whether you should head out to one of the islands like Koh Phangan. Which just got fiber optics put in. They just got fiber optics put in. Amazing. Yeah, fast, real internet. Um, There was a couple of little glitches at the start of this interview with Skype. Aside from that, well, have a listen. So, thousands of internet startups are choosing Thailand as a temporary or even long-term base. Like, nomads are heading out there and just getting their businesses running from Thailand. Absolutely. Today, we are chatting to Dave Brett, who is doing the same thing, for TravelDave.co.uk, and he's going to talk about the realities of being a digital nomad in Thailand. So, hi, Dave. How's it going? Hey. How's it going? All good in uh, Bucharest? Yes, it's yes. very hot here. I'm sure it's very hot there in Thailand as well. I can't complain. I'm just trying to think, how is it that you say hello in Thai? I can't remember. Swadika. Swadika. Or Swadikor. I think it's different for men and women, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? We should be asking Dave. Dave's the one on this. You should uh, have the knowledge. I was just being saying Swadika. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> that might work. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll just go. Still working on the lingo yeah he's a farang he doesn't know what he's talking about and they'll just laugh and that's fine <laughs> that's how it's done happy to be a farang yeah oh it's a good place to be and it's um you know people are really friendly out there we've loved it when we've been in thailand before yeah i think they're just very tranquil peaceful things especially with the buddhist religion they're just like yeah really lovely people thai people very welcoming indeed yeah it's 
awesome and we can't wait to come back in September. We're actually pretty much counting the days now. I'm really excited to head back. It's just, yeah, Thailand is just the place, like, I just feel it's like my second home almost. It's my Asian home. Yeah, Asian home is Thailand. Anyway, enough of this random talk. Let's talk about Dave. Dave, tell us a little bit about your blog so the listeners can get to know a bit more about you. I started Travel Dave, well, this December will be the 10th anniversary. I just started it as a kind of a way to keep my mum up to date after I run away to Finland, obviously, yeah just to meet up with a Finnish girl I met from a, a scout camp uh, the summer before. <laughs> it's funny nice. how you end up traveling. Uh, <laughs> so that, that got the whole bug going, that first that first trip to, to out to Finland. And I was just writing these very, you know, mashed up posts about what I was getting up to. And it wasn't just my mum reading it. It was my friends, my family, and it sort of blew up. And then, yeah, 10 years later, um, I've just been able to naturally turn it into a business that can support this kind of constant traveling lifestyle and now I'm sitting in Thailand on the island of Koh Panyang at a co-space yeah just generating money through the travel blog and doing what I love which is travel that's my passion yeah kick ass yeah I think there's a lot it's of people dream. a lot of people listen to this who uh, want exactly that same thing absolutely but we did see that uh, on your about page that you've put 2019 as an end date for your travels do you think that's when you going to settle down? Will you be able to settle down? The idea of that little guy, I love setting goals. I just, I've always had that dream of having that beautiful wood cabin, that log cabin in Sweden by a lake with a sauna, get a little dog. I love dogs. And <laughs> that's the problem when you're a travel blogger and you're living this nomadic lifestyle, you, you just can't have pets. So that's, I just want to have the dog. So the 2019 plans to get the dog, start the Swedish lifestyle, hopefully find a Swedish girlfriend. Maybe there's any travel out there are interested and uh, yeah just set that Scandinavian <laughs> taking applications as of now <laughs> yeah send an email to dave at traveldave.co.uk <laughs> I just love Scandinavian. <laughs> <laughs> Boyfriend needed for this. Swedish fun. Yes. <laughs> that's the subject title. Yeah, I just love the culture out there. It's just a, that's the settling down kind of goal I want to aim to. And I know travel blogging maybe might not be around forever, but why it's still there, just make the most out of it and have a little retirement plan. <laughs> that's the idea. Uh, these things don't end. I think they evolve, don't they? I, I would be surprised if blogging doesn't just evolve into something else. You'd be like 3D hologram blogging where you're like live in Copan Yang yeah. in a 3D sense. We'll, we'll, be, we'll, be, yeah, we'll be driving GoPros around on drones from a couch. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a travel, travel GoProer. Yeah, I don't actually travel. <laughs> travel vicariously through my GoPro drone. <laughs> That's... It might be the future, never know. <laughs> well, let's uh, get into a little bit about Thailand. You are there right now. I just heard birds cheeping, chirping in the background, doing their little birdie stuff. And you gave us a little bit of a tour before. Sadly, no one... No one could see that. No one could see it, but it is, you are right by the beach there. So tell us a little bit about being there in Thailand and what's going on. It's probably a good idea they don't see it. It's too nice. I want to keep it a secret. No, just between us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah. But is it like the best place for digital nomads to live? So everyone was throwing Shang Mai around. Everyone was talking about Shang Mai. So it's part of the travel 
blogging success, moved to Chiang Mai, was on the digital nomad list, which is another website you can check for nomad spots. They were number one, Chiang Mai. Uh, I had friends who'd been out there saying, you've got to go to Chiang Mai. And I was running the blog up to that stage. And I, to be honest, I'd never met another travel blogger before. <laughs> so I was blogging for about like eight years. I'd never met a travel blogger. So I wanted to make that kind of investment jump, just kind of jump into it a bit more seriously. And there was so much aspect around the community uh, that was growing there. And that really grew my attention. And then I saw the costs. And I, I know you guys are the same. We always love a good, we love a good deal, a good budget, yeah. backpacking deal. And those prices just didn't seem real. I, I had to go and check it out myself. That's what we do as travel bloggers. So I was living in Holland for three years. I lived above a bar for a little amount of that time. And I was living in this little Harry Potter room, paying cheap rent, because that's all I could afford off the blog. And I was enjoying the blogging, but I was enjoying the lifestyle. So I was like, I'm going to do it. So New Year's Day, I was running the bar, so I couldn't drink. So it was a bit like, I've got to do something about this. So I booked the, uh, booked the flight the next day. And I gave myself 30 days to move out of Holland. So all of a sudden, the next day, everything of my, all my stuff, my bicycle, my Dutch bicycle, love it, miss it. My beautiful <laughs> Wendy, it's gone now. I just put it all on a, on a Facebook marketing uh, website, you know, one of those freebie sites where you sell, buy and sell kind of thing. And then everyone exploded like, Dave, are you, are you moving out of Holland? And I'm like, yeah, I'm moving in 30 days to Chiang Mai. Had a massive goodbye party, shit my whole life over there. And wow, what I did in that amount of time, that very small, limited amount of time, excelled the blog hugely. Like the amount of work that I was able to do, like what you guys are doing yeah. with your huge internet data speed and just having your little hub, your little spot, yeah. and just working out like, you must know about it. You just have this huge to-do list of all oh these God. ideas. Oh, it's oh, ridiculous. I, I just can't. This is the first time we've even come close to getting through like our to-do list. Recently. the ideas as well. The ideas list is <laughs> twice as long as the to-do list. We actually had to stop ourselves and go, no more ideas. That's it. No more new businesses. Nothing. Like, just focus on the stuff we're already doing because yeah. otherwise you just leave stuff and it never works. We're, we're kind of those people that were like, ooh, something shiny. Ooh, something shiny. Yeah, and, and you, you just you just don't have the time. You don't have the... We're just very much those creative types and so we're just like, oh, what about this idea? Yeah. Oh, what about that idea? And then we never <laughs> really follow through to the very end with all of them. Now we're following through. Yeah. That's our Bucharest plan. Yeah, yeah. And it's great as a travel blogger to just get all that done you feel amazing you feel like a like a superhero like the moment you do that you, you feel yourself with confidence and you're doing little tiny tweaks here and there which you have the time to do and then you notice like a 10% spike and you're like oh my god why didn't I do that four years ago and it, it's <laughs> just need that you just need that moment to sit down for four months and just jam out loads of stuff, all those projects. And yeah, then you can, you know, you can get yourself in a very good situation with a travel blog. Yeah. It's a good invest. Damn right. Let's chat about sort of the the main benefits of going to Thailand as a digital nomad rather than being somewhere else. I mean, I'm guessing like the networking must be pretty awesome. And what else is going on there that makes it such a great place to go? Well, you know, being from the UK, uh, <laughs> the weather's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge one. Uh, you know, it's, it's got lovely weather. It's a little bit humid. You know, you get a fan. 
and you can just enjoy this lovely sun shining on your face every day. So that's definitely a perk compared to the gloomy London yeah. and the raining uh, Hollands. So that's uh, that was a, a massive result. And the food in Thailand is absolutely incredible. It is fresh, prepared for you. It, it's oh, it's just so tasty. They use so many different flavors. And the price, you know, if you're eating local, so you know, you're not going out to a fancy restaurant, you're just eating local Thai food. You're looking at paying about, in Chiang Mai, like 70p to £1.10 per dish, you know. It's less than two US dollars, basically, yeah. Less than two dollars. And then you go out with a group of friends, you know, what you do like when you go out for a curry, you know, you get five or 10 different dishes. And it's amazing. You can just dive into all these different Thai foods, like the Pad Thai, Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. And I can't wait to have cow soy again. It's been cow soy. way too long. Oh. And like the, the curries they do, it, it, you, you just can't beat it. And they're, they're just lovely, sweet little ladies that cook your meals for you as well. And you kind of go to the same spot and, the, and they just remember you as well. And they want you to come in and try their food. It's definitely a highlight. You know, you can't beat the food out here, for the, definitely for the price. Oh, yes. We're really looking forward to that. I mean, it's the quality of life, really, isn't it? It's the fact that you can go and eat out every night, whereas in England or Australia or the US, you just can't. You go out like once a month or something. Beer is like a dollar. Like you just don't get that anywhere else. I don't have a kitchen. You don't need one, and that, that's that's a joy. Uh, when you want to work online, you know, you just go out. Everything's sorted for you. It's not going to break the bank. And at the end of the month, you know, your monthly budget is not going to be that much. And it's that bootstrapping aspect. You know, if you're kind of a, a beginner blogger who's kind of getting a little bit of uh, revenue being generated because they've been listening to your podcast, of course. Oh, yeah, that helps. Then they, they, you know, they can come out here and. And kind of make it happen. I read a great article about a, a Danish uh, game developer who was, at, was out in Chiang Mai, and he said if he just developed his first game in Denmark, he wouldn't have been able to create his second game, and that would have stopped his business. But because he was in Chiang Mai, the costs allowed him to create four games, and it was the fourth game that blew his business up. So, and that's what it's all about with travel blogging as well. It's about learning from the mistakes, tweaking things, seeing what works, and then you find that model that works. But you need the time and the platform and the area to allow yourself to learn from those kind of mistakes and learn what works because it's a lot of testing you must know about it yeah. you've got to do a lot of testing because not everything works affiliate links for example you know some blog posts won't work but you can tweak things and you, you need that learning environment so in terms of going to university uh, I went to university it cost me you know I'm still like yourself I remember we were talking about it over in uh, Spain you know we're still paying off our student loans yeah. if, if I was kind of in the shoes of a, a young guy now looking at the kind of internet scene you can do an Udemy course on some of these subjects for you know 15 to 30 US dollars and you can learn so much information to generate and and do a business and to learn skills which you can put into your travel blogging business such as an ebook course you know how to write ebooks around the travel category so just having a, a kind of a learning environment such as Thailand 
brands where the costs are low, but you get that better quality of life to just learn stuff, do stuff, and just take actions. Just getting those to-do lists done. What yeah. about networking opportunities? What sort of things have come about from people that you've met while in Chiang Mai? So yeah, that, that was a massive game changer because I, I never met any travel bloggers, but the moment I started networking with other travel bloggers, it was like they got me. Because when I was living in Holland, I was the only guy in my little town of Tilburg running an online business. They were just like, yeah, just get the beers in, Dave, whatever. Like They weren't interested. Like I was just the party guy, the British guy who would drink a lot of beer. So <laughs> so when I when I come over to Chiang Mai, it's like they, they get what I'm talking about. This is kind of scary, but really cool. So I talk very technical stuff, you know, about uh, WordPress plugins and, you know, working them out and how they work. And people just got it and we could run. So what we do, we'd get a group of 10 travel bloggers together. We just put it out there. Hey, any travel bloggers in Chiang Mai? We just all go out for dinner. We'd all get to know each other, you know, put chuck our blogs out there and, you know, check each other out. And then we'd meet up the following day to go and work in a co-space together. And then we'd work together and we'd even book conference rooms in the co-spaces and just jam out a little uh, keynote session together, which was great fun. So we'd all share the information we had with each other. And just that sharing of information is, is what I love about travel blogging. Because I've, I've heard so many horrible things about like fashion bloggers, you know, the way they work and they don't network. But with travel blogging, we're such a great community of just sharing everything we know. Because uh, there's 10 ways to write a post about Paris, you know. We can all add our own little element. We've all got our own styles. We've all got our different ways to travel blog. So we just grow this beautiful community. And going to Chiang Mai really showed me that. The, the travel bloggers all just want to help each other out. Yeah, after that experience, everyone likes all articles. We all read each other's posts. We all follow each other's photos going around all, like, all destinations. And it, it's so important to have that network element because you never feel alone after that, you know, having those communities. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. We find this a lot now that we are sort of closer sometimes with people we've never even met oh, than I have... we are with old friends from home. It's yeah, really weird. I've got so many friends that I are really good friends with and I talk to regularly, but I've never met them. I don't know what their voice sounds like. They know what my voice sounds like because they listen to the podcast. But yeah, I've never met them. It's so funny going to Tbex because because when when you go for to grab free little foods they have at the Tbex, you know that's that's one of the perks of Tbex getting all the free food. Great, oh, you, you just <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you get your money's worth. Yeah, you know, put it in your pocket for later. You know. <laughs> you're just seeing people's faces and you're like, I know that face, but I, I can't put it. Somewhere. And online, we all know each other's profile pictures, but we, we, we've never met in real life. And it's all online now, you know, and it's great to have that community growing, especially in the, the Facebook support groups. Everyone's just helping each other out. I really love that aspect. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, speaking of helping each other out, you're at a co-working space in Koh Phan Yang at the moment. And I know there's a lot of co-working spaces in Thailand, which is obviously a great place and a great way for other bloggers and anyone from any industry really to sort of meet up and network. What has been like the main thing that you've got out of being at a co-working space? What's like the greatest takeaway? What's your daily routine maybe? Daily routine. I read a, a wonderful ebook uh, called The Morning Ritual, uh, which is all about waking up at about 5.30, 6.30 before the sun rises. That's normally when I write about 4,000 words because I'm just on my own and I can get stuff done. And having that morning ritual 
people to get through a to-do list is very important having that structure making use out of every little bit of time so in relation to a co-space just having that reliable internet that you know is going to be there to get that stuff done because you know I don't need to type in for offline but when I'm online and I'm uploading and doing all the coding and stuff the Wi-Fi is crucial and just having that survival line is worth that little bit of investment just to have a membership at a co-space just so you know it's there so on Copan Yang they just set up a co-space here called co-space with a K-O-H it's like island in Thailand that's the word for island isn't it Ah, I already know your tie. Fantastic. I know a couple of words. <laughs> <laughs> and they just installed fiber optics on the island. So it's brand new. And the co-space was one of the first places to get that fiber optic connection. They're like, we're having that. So that's how they set it up. And there's only three places on the island still have that connection. So just having that reliability can make that paradise island happen. Because, you know, we survive off Wi-Fi. If we don't have Wi-Fi, we can't work. Um, and then there's that uh, collaborative aspect. You know, there's a lot of people coming in and out. It sort of acts like a little lounge area for loads of digital nomads. Digital nomads is the kind of terminology everyone's using for this laptop lifestyle at the moment. It's an emerging trend. And you just don't know who's going to walk in the door but they have such interesting stories of how they're making and generating money offline. And you can just take them out for lunch. So, you know, a new guy comes along, I'm like, would you like to come out for lunch? Because I'm interested in their story. And you learn so much stuff. Like I met a couple of Danish guys in Shang Mai Co-Space just by offering to sit at my table. And, you know, they're making a, a living off of a Facebook advertisement. You know, so you're just learning about how all these new industries are emerging and how people are making money. And just to kind of put your ideas out to them and they put their ideas back, you can kind of learn a lot of new skills just from... And it's also very sociable because, you know, you, you want to, like, come along and have a community there. So having a co-space kind of brings like-minded people together. And you kind of... Uh, the kind of right crowd to go out together for a bar because you kind of do the same thing got a lot to talk about in the same subjects you're not boring anyone yeah. <laughs> it's great to have a community spirit as well and that's something that we haven't had as much of traveling to places that don't have this digital nomad community you know we meet a few english speaking people or we meet locals which is also fun we like meeting locals but yeah we don't get to sort of chat about business and get feedback on our ideas so this is obviously a really awesome benefit of going to the co-working space and what sort of prices are they actually charging for these if you're getting a member so for a monthly rate at the co-space here in, on Koh Phangan in Thailand, uh, you're looking at 3,900 Thai baht, which comes up a total of 110 pounds US dollars. So in terms of an office space in America and, you know, the internet connection, you get, you're getting a really good deal, but you, you're just having that, that place to go to. So you have that go-to place with reliable Wi-Fi, and you just have a workstation because with Koh Phangan, it's such a beautiful island. You can easily get distracted by going off to the beach and playing a bit of volleyball and yeah. drinking too many fruit smoothies, which isn't a problem. Uh, but just having that membership grounds you to go like, I'm here to work. I have a place. I have a spot. We open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, we're going to try and extend that hopefully over the next month. And yeah, you just have that base, that reliable base, which can make this lifestyle happen for you on online business yeah that's very cool I've got to ask you a serious question though because we have read some articles about the Thai authorities not being too happy about co-spaces simply because they feel like we're flaunting the the actual rules for working in the country but we also read that they generally don't mind as much if you're keeping it 
sort of private that you're a digital nomad, but there are being there's been some issues. There's been a raid in Chiang Mai recently, apparently, in one of the coast bases. So I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah, I can tell you about that. That was quite a funny story. So a, a local tipped off the police that there was a, a drug ring going on oh in this uh, suspicious building full of Westerners with laptops. <laughs> <laughs> so the police just got the wrong tip off. So they went and had a look at Hunt Space, it's called, to, to check it out and see what the, what was happening. And yeah, it was just a bunch of shy guys by laptops going, we're not doing any drug deals, honestly. Jesus. And that's a, that is a situation globally uh, with this issue, with working online and living this kind of digital nomad, especially working online as travel bloggers, how this works. But in terms of Thailand, um, the, the, the owner of the coast base has gone over to the mainland and discussed with the local authorities before it was set up. What's your opinion on this? So he's got it straight from the horse's mouth. And what's going on with this at the moment is if you're running your business online and you're not, this is the most important bit, you're not taking a job away from a Thai person, then they don't want to know. They're happy to turn a blind eye. So in terms of working over in Thailand and running a business, it's just very important that you're not working for someone else. You're not generating money for a Thai business. You're not working in a bar, for example, which is a funny story because I was in Chiang Mai at a bar where a few Westerners work and the police walked in and all of a sudden all the Westerners happened to just sit around a table and order some beers. So all of the staff weren't allowed to run the restaurant apart from one Thai worker who had to take over the whole bar. You know, there's lots of people that are abusing the system and doing what the government doesn't want you to do, taking Thai jobs away. But in terms of running a business online, they don't, they're not worried about that. That's not their biggest concern. They have bigger problems than that with Westerners taking Thai jobs. So not to worry, everything's okay. The coast space is fine. Yeah, and I'm guessing that the Thai authorities and the local businesses love the fact that Westerners are living there full time and helping the economy. They're actually putting money into it earning money abroad and then bringing it to Thailand and spending it. And that, that's a great point to rise, uh, bring up because for, for me, I can have a better lifestyle, but I'm putting back into the economy. I don't want to live, I don't want to bootstrap it completely down to like living off, like counting my dollars, but I just want to enjoy the lifestyle for a good price. So I'm, I'm happy to really invest in local businesses, enjoy some good food, get a nice accommodation and put money back into the economy. And, and that's, that's important. And just having that connection with the local businesses and, you know, just showing people, especially in Koh Phangan Yang, because of the full moon party we have here, which is for three days every month, 30,000 backpacks literally invade the island. It's funny, you see, I was, I was sitting at the coast base last month and you just see these tuck trucks driving in like army trucks just full of backpackers going to the full moon. And they have this, this massive visitor spike during that time. So the businesses thrive very well, but then they all leave. Yeah. So they, they just all leave and all the local businesses are kind of left empty. So in terms of coming to work here on the island as a travel blogger, you get this beautiful island paradise all to yourself. And everyone sees it as this party island, but it's only for those three days. And that's when you can go do your visa run, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. So you don't even have to be here if you don't want to be part of the party. But you know me, I always will go to the party. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my three days off. That's, that's when I pack my laptop off and I just 
become a backpacker and join in. Make yeah, fun. why not? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool to have that option at least every month. You know there's going to be a big party and you're invited. Yes, yes. It's good for your productivity for sure. And we, at the coast base actually in here in, in Kopangyang, we have a beach cleanup charity. So we, we're part of that. So we're all about giving back to community, cleaning up the beach after the party's gone. Do a good job of that. And then, yeah, the next day after full moon, we're on there playing beach volleyball. The beach is back to normal. It's clean. You get the paradise back. And that's what it's cool. That's why it's cool for digital nomads because, you know, we can really help this island to help those businesses that are kind of left a bit dormant after full moon and create this nice lifestyle out here on the island. So many possibilities with uh, Koh Panyang. That's awesome. So, I mean, obviously having lived in Chiang Mai and Koh Panyang, what is your choice? Which one would you choose if you could? Oh, don't put me on the spot. Oh, oh. so you do still like Chiang Mai quite a lot. It's like choosing a favorite uh, child. I'd have to flip a coin because they're so different in contrast. I would say do both. You know, you yeah. can come over here for six months and get the seasons right. Because if you're in Chiang Mai during smoky season, good luck with your lungs because you are going to be coughing all the way. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. So something like that is a good time to come down to Copenhagen yang so they both have these best worlds i love the jungle life i love that kind of atmosphere in, in shang mai the whole area of niman so when you visited Chiang Mai, the, the popular area is that square. If you just go kind of uh, northwest is Niman area, and that's where all the, the condominiums are and the coffee shops and the co-working space for nomads and travel bloggers that want to work. So it's the Niman area. I love that area. It's like a Shoreditch in London. I don't know if you've been to Shoreditch recently. <laughs> we have been to Shoreditch. It's, it's just really quirky and cool, and there's so much life happening. You don't have to go to the center. I only went to the center of Chiang Mai twice. One to go to the night market. And the other one was to go to the dentist, I think. <laughs> Apart from that, I was just in Niman, and that has its own scene. But Kopang Yang, you just saw the view I showed you that I'm looking at. Yeah. I like For people it. listening, it was they're right we'll opposite the ocean. Yeah, we'll try and get a photo because like it's literally you're like what 30 meters from the waterfront or something. It's crazy. We'll have to put a picture in the show notes. For yeah, sure. yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, I'm very jealous of that view right now. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, just to have this beach. Uh, I like the island life. I don't know if you've ever lived on an island, but everything just slows down. And every like, I went to breakfast. It it, it, it said it's open at nine. He opened at nine forty-seven when he woke up. You know, and I was. Just, <laughs> I, I just like that. He's just like, oh, customer, great. Uh, yeah, come in. What do you want? Eggs? Yeah, okay. And I just like that attitude. It's just chilled and vibed and everyone's just very peaceful. Everyone's cool. And I, I think that's what the island life kind of brings. So I can't choose between the two. I'd have to say both. And you said before, like there's a smoky season in Chiang Mai. What time of year is that? Ah, uh, So that's about January, February time where in the foothills, they start to burn, uh, the farmers start to burn the crops so they can revitalize the soil. Yeah. And that smoke just goes from the foothills straight down to the city. If you go up to the top of the hills, which you must do in Chiang Mai is a beautiful temple up there. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. And the temple up there is, is beautiful. But when you look down to the city, you can't see it. You can't even see the city when you're landing in an airplane. So for people with asthma or breathing problems, it's probably not ideal. So yeah, there's little things like that to be aware of. So uh, just to bring that up. Yeah, okay. I think we've been to that temple in Chiang Mai. Yeah. I remember the, the very wide view from the top through the trees into the into the city. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it's called either, but it is really nice yeah okay well let's get on to some details because i know people are going to want some specifics about how 
they can actually become a digital nomad in Thailand, the realities of it, you know, what you need to do to make it happen. Now, I think the really big controversial issue right now is the visas. It's very confusing. We're trying to get our visas right now and we're confused, like fully confused about what the hell is going on. Yeah. So what's your recommendation for people going to Thailand for the first time? What sort of visa should they get and where should they get it? How should they get it? Should they just turn up? What's the best system? Yeah, so I'll, I'll do a shameless little plug. If you want to know more information about the visas, I've got a book called Digital Nomads, which you can find on traveldave.co.uk. If you want to go more in depth into how to live this kind of tropical laptop lifestyle. So there's that on the Amazon Kindle, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. And the visa yeah, link in the show the notes. The link will be in the show notes. Awesome. Lots of show notes this episode. Love, yeah. <laughs> love getting a daily coffee from that. So thank you. <laughs> so uh, in terms of visas, it's very complicated because they've only recently changed it at the start of the year. So that's why there's lots of conflicts with travel blogs talking about how to get your visa because there's new blogs, there's old blogs and yeah, it's confusing. And honestly, I'm a little bit confused myself, but I'll try and explain it the best I can. If you're from the UK or Australia or the US, uh, you can enter Thailand for 30 days for no charge. Uh, you get a stamp in your passport. It's, sorry, it's not a visa, it's, it's an entry stamp. Um, and that entry stamp will cover you for 30 days. You get 15 days on arrival by land, but 30 days via air. I've heard that they've recently changed that. So that, again, it's very confusing because they're always changing it. But it used, to, it used to be 15 by land, 30 by air, but I think it's now 30, 30. Um, so we can look into that, but I'm pretty sure it's 15, 30 still. And then that covers you for 30 days, so happy days. So if you want to kind of go to Saigon for a month or you want to go to KL for a month and work there, you know, you don't have to worry about visas. But if you want to stay long term, you should look into getting a free entry visa. And the best way is very difficult to obtain a free entry visa around Thailand because they're trying to stop and cut down on these visa runs. So that's why if you go to an embassy, a Thai embassy in a neighboring country, it can get very complex and tricky, especially in Malaysia, in Laos. I've heard someone just had problems last week. So this is very current stuff. He got denied his free entry visa because he had four entries already. So he was already over the limit. So they're really trying to crack it down. But if you're in Europe right now and you're coming over to Asia, you're in the right the right place to get it. So if you're in the UK, you can go to London or Cardiff and you can get a Thai visa, a free entry one, and that will cover you for six months. So that's that's a really good visa to get. That's going to cover you and you're not going to have to worry a lot. With that, you have to actually leave and come back in three times to get that full visa. Is that how that works? Yes, correct. So you're just going to have to enjoy a nice little cheeky weekend away somewhere. So it's, it's not too difficult. And it's good fun to go check out Burma, go check out Laos, go check out Vietnam. You know, it's not bad. A lot of people from Chiang Mai, they do the Lao route. That's the most convenient. Down here in Koh Phangan, we try and stick to the Burma route. It's something you can kind of do in a day, but you know, make the weekend out of it. You might as well. And then there's a thing called a visa extension stamp. So if you get that 30 day entry stamp, you can extend to the one you get at the airport and arrival you didn't pay for. So you haven't paid anything yet. So it's not that bad. So you can pay, it's about 1,900 baht. So you're looking at about a little under 40 pounds and that will extend that stamp an extra 30 days. 
So that allows you 60 days for 40 quid. So, you know, how I look at it, it's like 20 quid a month. So you just break it up like, it's not so bad. It, um, and you can go do that in Koh Samui, which is just a 50 minute boat ride away. Uh, I wrote a blog post about how to get that visa if you're interested. It's on the blog, as we'll put that in the show notes. Thanks very much. <laughs> it's got a lot of work for show notes now. You're gonna keep me busy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's there. If you want to do that, you can just stay for two months. And then like I was saying, you know, migrate to other coast spaces because Saigon's blown up. That's a beautiful place to go over there and be a digital nomad. So you can go to that nomad list I was talking about and kind of scout around Asia. Because the good thing about digital nomads is you can be mobile. But if you want to live that more permanent lifestyle, you have that visa option. And the 30-day extension also works for that six-month visa. So if you want to take that to nine months over those entries, you can extend it to nine months. So yeah, I bet you're still completely confused, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still pretty confused. But I guess the, the takeaway is, if you're not in Southeast Asia yet, make sure you get a visa before you go there if you want to stay in Thailand more than 60 days. That seems to be the, the main rule. You're putting yourself in a great situation if you do that. So yeah, definitely recommend that, yeah. Cool, well that's what we're gonna try and do in Bucharest. I mean, I can ask you about real specific details, but I don't know if it's good that we do that because we might be wrong, because it changes all the time. So it's probably best for people beyond what we've just said to actually go and speak to someone at the, the embassy if they need any more details. The website is not great for the one here in Romania. Well, in fact, embassy websites in general are not great. They're rarely. Which is great for web developers because yeah. a lot of Thai businesses need help with their websites. So, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I've been looking at their, their immigration websites and that's why travel bloggers are doing very well on explaining this visa situation because it, it, it's not very clear. No, it's a complete minefield. Fingers crossed we're going to actually get it sorted and... Uh, yeah, to see you over here. Yeah. yeah, flights in September. One way or another, we will be coming into the country, even if it has to be visa on arrival sort of thing. It's brilliant. Somehow, brilliant. somehow they're going to let us in, we hope. <laughs> the, the dream situation, which I hope Thailand works out, and I hope other countries follow, would to come up with this amazing digital nomad type of visa. I've heard that they're talking about introducing it to Thailand. So that's something that might happen over the course of this year or into next year, this sort of digital nomad visa so hopefully the government works out how to manage online workers here and sort out a visa because yeah. what they're trying to get rid of is called the, the sex pats I don't know if you've heard of oh yeah 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 sex tourism has been pretty Big bad fat in old men who want to sleep with young pretty Thai women and that's why it's so complicated and why they have to keep on changing it because they, they don't want to promote that image they want to bring they're, they're very they've said they're very happy with digital nomads so I hope they do come up with this visa right idea that they're talking about that would be amazing that sounds fantastic they should do that in like every country because it's so unbelievably complicated and when we have to go through customs sometimes we I just have to lie to england england where like tom's going back for a wedding in a couple of weeks and i'm not going because the customs give me so much hassle because i'm a digital nomad oh sorry about that you don't i'm have australian to like i <laughs> like, we still have the queen and shit. Like, let me in. You can't enjoy our amazing food. Oh, terrible. <laughs> 
<laughs> no curry for me. Oh, I don't know. A bit of gammon and chips. Gammon and chips. Can't well. be a fish and chips. Oh, fish and chips as well. Yeah, all oh, bit of gammon. Yeah, I don't think anyone who's listening in America will even know what gammon is. I don't think people in <laughs> Australia know what gammon is. No, I got no idea. It's basically like a really thick bacon steak. In America, they call it the Canadian bacon. Oh, do they? Because oh. they can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> they can't take it. It's too mm. bacony, even for the Americans. <laughs> Crazy stuff. No, it's awesome. Anyone who goes to the UK, if you see gammon on the menu and you don't know what it is, it's basically pork and it's really salty and it's great. Eat it. Do not miss out on this amazing treat. Watch the Tesco sales go through the roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've uh, probably got a couple more questions, then we're going to have to wrap it up. Let's see. What else have we got to talk about? Well, I mean, maybe you can tell us what sort of most useful information for someone who wants to move to Thailand that we haven't already spoken about. The most useful information about Thailand, you just got to understand moped safety. That's that's key. You're gonna you're gonna have to. Ah, uh, someone just died a couple of days ago, actually, in Thailand. Like there was a some kid, some backpacker that was over there that hired a moped just because they they do they just let anyone hire it. You don't have to have any previous experience, and I don't know how he ended up killing himself, but he did. I see that, especially around full moon. Not not deaths, but <laughs> people people covered in bandages like like mummies, oh, yeah. like zombies. And the problem with moped safety in Thailand is you can ride a moped very safely. You just have to be head smart about it. If you're in the UK, you'd wear a helmet, you'd wear protective clothing, you'd wear covered shoes, and you just see people holding it with no helmet on, no shirt, just wearing shorts and flip flops. It's a very dangerous mode of transport, and it does create a lot of accidents especially on the roads here because it has sand and if you drive over sand on a moped you're going to wobble about and you just have to be very head smart if you've got a helmet on you're protected and you know that's that's such a key thing to bring up because anyone can rent a moped here you don't need a driving license well you technically do but you, you yeah I won't go into that but you put a little money in the backhand of someone's pocket if you get stopped that's all on the internet so yeah it, anyone can ride a moped and people you know they're not they're not driving them safe and that's why it's a good reason because we have a very nice hospital on the island <laughs> because of all the accidents yeah. so we have a very nice western hospital but yeah because there's so many accidents or people drinking as well and then going on a moped they're very dangerous so you know do a bit of moped safety before you get on it and please just wear a helmet absolutely that's one thing I actually when we were living in Cambodia I would insist on like we hired a a moped and they gave Tom a helmet and I was like I need a helmet as well and they were like no no the passenger doesn't have to wear a helmet and I'm like the passenger does have to wear a helmet my this father would kill me yeah. if, if my father knew I was ever on a moped without a helmet he would fly across the ocean to track me down and kill me myself kill me himself himself yeah. himself oh. like Sounds like my grandma. That's why every time I look at a moped, I'm thinking what my grandma would say. <laughs> that's good advice. Safety advice. Always trust in what your grandmother would say. Exactly. Yeah. That's the best way to stay safe traveling. <laughs> uh, let's finish up with some like money and business chat, I think, because we've, we've done lots of Thailand chats and not much money stuff. So obviously this, this Coastbase thing you're doing now, I understand that you hooked up with Johnny from Travel Like a Boss and you're actually working there as part of an internship. Maybe you 
you can tell us like what's going on with that? How come there's an internship and what are you cooking up some profit? Is that what's going on? What is the system? So what, what happened was we've got Chiang Mai. We've been talking a lot about Chiang Mai. There's about 2000 digital nomads out there working on laptops and a range of things such as travel blogging. And there's just not that many digital nomad spots yet out there. There's, they're, they're emerging, you know, Barcelona's really picking up Berlin. I hear Bucharest now. It's getting a bit of a scene. There's, it's got that growth potential for new places to kind of, you know, open up and put the word out there, put all the information that people are looking for, make it easy to come over and make Copang Yang a destination for as a digital nomad hotspot. So they put the word out there to kind of attract some influential people that work on laptops that want to promote to this new scene, create this scene. And I thought it was fantastic because I was I was on my flight going over to Thailand when I heard about it. I was I made my application video in Prague after jumping on a train doing my application, uploading it, and then getting on the plane to Thailand. So I, I was already coming here. And the opportunity to kind of promote this new this new kind of lifestyle that's growing, I thought it was great. And the guy who, uh, Charlie, uh, he set up the co-space here. He just, he's all about that community. And he's, he wants to bring, he, he loves meeting entrepreneurs. He loves meeting people that work on laptops. And he just wanted to bring eight people around the table to just create that scene, to make it happen. So in terms of uh, what I'm getting out of it, just got my accommodation sorted, which is fantastic. That's all you kind of need. And that's a massive cost that's uh, immediately eliminated. And we get a bit of food sorted out. We get laundry, so I don't have to smell in the office. I think that's why he hooked us up with laundry. So that's good. And then, yeah, so the thing that uh, approached me to this internship, I have no outgoing costs now. I have fantastic Wi-Fi, you know, which is, which is brilliant. I can run it. So I can just run my business here while just doing what us travel bloggers do, promoting new emerging destinations, which is great. So I'm very happy to be over here, very happy to be part of this amazing project with a team of eight. And we're all excited to kind of make this the new place. Because like I was saying, it's absolutely beautiful outside of those full moon days. And it's great fun to party. So it's got this really nice balance for nomads. It's perfect. And you also mentioned before we started recording that you had just secured some pretty exciting developments for the future. Tell us a little bit more about what's going to be happening for you in the coming months. So this is an internet first. It's happening. It's been announced on this podcast. I'm very excited. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> so the, hope, the landing page will be launched before the podcast come out. So it's going to be perfect. It will be set up, which will be traveldave.co.uk forward slash travel bloggers retreat. So what we're we going to do on the island of Copang Yang, we've hooked up Berry Beach Resorts and there they love the idea. So what we're going to do is bring over as many travel bloggers that are up for making this happen. We want to invade a beach resort and fill it up with travel bloggers. So the idea is just to bring us all around the pool, all around the beach, and just collaborate about travel blogging. Learn from each other, learn lots of tricks of the trade. Like I was saying, that's how I become a, a better travel blogger was just learning, networking, meeting others. It will be on the 5th of October for one week, and we're gonna hook up some excursions. So we're gonna do a lot of work hard, and then we're gonna do a lot of play hard. So it's gonna be a really fun event for any travel bloggers that are in Thailand around the 5th to come on over to Koh Phang Yang and just make this happen. Yeah, and those sorts of retreats, we hear a lot about those in other industries now as well. It's it's just a way to make real solid 
future contacts because like Tbex you make some future contacts but generally you speak with people for like 20 minutes and you only really make a few sort of solid long-term contracts each time but yeah with those retreats you really get to sit down with people and chat for hours and that yeah, means yeah. you're going to build real relationships and it's purely experimental I'm so happy the resort loved the idea and wants to get behind it. it's going to be the first one ever and hope to do it every year if it's of value and secretly we all just love working around a beach deck chair and oh, yeah. looking over a pool so you've got to live the travel blog lifestyle sometimes exactly. <laughs> as often as possible with good Wi-Fi yes and coffee always good Wi-Fi <laughs> alright on that note we are going to have to wrap it up but thanks Dave for coming on and if you want to give a 10 second sort of sound bite of where people can come and find you and anything else you want to say before we finish up that would be awesome yeah thank you so much for having me on the podcast I've been waiting to be on your podcast so I'm so happy I've finally got an episode so thank you and I'm over at traveldave.co.uk if you want to email me anything traveldave.co.uk is my website at traveldaveuk on everything else Instagram Facebook Twitter reach out say hi if you want to know any more information just just contact me no problem cool. and of course Travel Dave probably the best website name for a blog I've ever heard so that's fucking awesome <laughs> I had a marketing crack team work on that for three months tell me about it oh nice <laughs> it's a lot better than our brand so I'm loving it <laughs> thanks <laughs> cool man alright thanks for coming on the show alright see you very soon on the island show that must mean only one thing it's time for cheese oh i could go some cheese i don't think it's time for cheese no can we have cheese anyway yes 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 we'll have cheese anyway but uh, what else do we do at the end of the show other than cheese travel homework yes it's travel homework time well so i think this one will be pretty obvious to you really would you like to plan your escape to Thailand? Yes. Yes. Wait, we are. We're we are. Going. We're September. leaving. We're leaving in like a month's time, so this is going to be awesome. But if you would also like to escape to Thailand and have an incredibly cheap and awesome quality of life, and perhaps some fast internet if you choose the right places, then yeah, start planning it today. Find some flights. Get your visas sorted out. Do all that shit. Go to Thailand. Come on. Oh, it's so good. And the food's amazing. Just like Dave said, it really is that good. I can remember when we crossed the border from Cambodia into Thailand after living in Cambodia for three months and we were just like, food, the food is amazing in Thailand. Yeah, we literally, we stopped at a gas station about 20 minutes inside the border and just went, oh, the food here is awesome. We just spent three months eating Cambodian food, which we weren't really a big fan of. Come back to Thailand and go, yes. Every single thing has flavor. I want to great. eat it all. So yes, go to Thailand. And if you can make it to Thailand during October, do come and join us in Koh Phangan for the 5th to the 11th of October for the Travel Blogger Retreat. That's travelbloggerretreat.com. Go and check it out for more information. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at travelfreedompodcast.com. Join us again every Monday to learn how to supercharge your online income and travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at travelfreedompodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. Catch us again every Monday on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.